Man, wow, already God has moved in this place. Great worship. Thank the worship team for their service and for the word of God coming. And I feel pretty confirmed by a lot of things that Daniel was sharing. In fact, this this last week I had, you know, Julie said, don't, don't tell anybody, they won't remember. But I can't. I had this conscience thing because I stood up here last week and I said, okay, this is my last sermon on this series, Drop the Stone. Well, again, I lied. Um, <clears throat> I had it in my heart that I was going to be preaching about the cross and uh, been wanting to do that because there's so much power in the cross of Jesus. But um, after continually banging my head up against the wall the last few days, all the way up to about noon yesterday, it was about that time I got a turn in my spirit and uh, so we've been doing this series entitled Drop the Stone. So I want to continue on with that series. And in that series, uh, Drop the Stone, we talked about letting go of a critical spirit, which all of us can become critically oriented, critical in our spirit, and we need to drop the stone of criticism. Last week, we dealt with the idea, how do you handle it when people criticize you? Well, you don't want to, if they throw a stone at you, don't throw a stone back at them. You got to let it, you got to drop it. Today, I want to talk about being critical toward God. Angry. Disappointed. Frustrated. Mad. At God. I've entitled this message, when you're mad at God. When you're mad at God. That's the title of the message. And I want us to read, I want, this is my kind of launch pad scripture. It's found in John chapter 10, verses 31 through 33. It says here, Then the Jews took up stones again to stone Jesus. Jesus answered them, Many good works I have shown you from my Father. For which of those works do you stone me? And the Jews said to him, For a good work we do not stone you, but for blasphemy, because you, being a man, make yourself God. Now you think, that has nothing to do with me, because I believe in Jesus. I know who Jesus is. But I really feel like the Holy Spirit led me to that passage right there. They said they were mad at what Jesus was claiming to be. And just flip the script on that a little bit. Sometimes we get mad, critical, angry, frustrated, disappointed with God because he's not to us who he claims to be. Or in our mind... God is God, but he's not holding up his end of the bargain. And so I want to talk about this today. I want to talk about this idea of when you get mad at God. So let's, uh, let's pray, because I need it and you need it. Amen. Thank you, Holy Spirit, for being here today already with us. And we know, God, that you're speaking to us about the critical spirit, and you're wanting to set us free. You're wanting to replace the spirit of heaviness and the depressed spirit and the discouraged spirit and the disappointed spirit 
and put on to us a garment of praise and thanksgiving. So Lord, help us today to navigate these, these thoughts, God, and not be defensive, but in your name be healed, we pray in Jesus' name. And everybody says amen. So when I began preparing for this yesterday, I got to tell you, I don't know if you remember the movie Forrest Gump. And there's a scene in the movie when I started in on this and I was going down this road when you're mad at God. I just had a picture in my mind of that scene with Lieutenant Dan on, on top of the mast of the ship in the middle of the storm, shaking his fist at God. Is this all you got? Do you remember that in the movie, Forrest Gump? And Lieutenant Dan, basically what this guy, this guy was an angry and bitter man because in the war, his legs got blown off. And he was mad at God for not taking his life. To leave him here, minus his legs. And he, was, he carried a bitterness and an anger toward God. And so when he and Forrest Gump started up this fishing uh, journey uh, to catch shrimp, um, they couldn't catch any fish. And Lieutenant Dan's like, the, the shrimp are over there, and they'd go over there, and they couldn't find any. They're over there, and they'd go over there, and they couldn't find any. And then, he, and, and then Forrest Gump said, well, what are we going to do, uh, Lieutenant Dan? And he said, well, why don't you try praying to your God? And so they start going to church, and he sits in the back, and he's angry, and Forrest Gump's praying and asking God to show him where the shrimp are at. And then they go out and they uh, fish some more and they can't find the shrimp still. And then Forrest Gump, and then he said, uh, Lieutenant Dan said something to the effect, see, this is, this is all your God can do. And then Forrest Gump said, he no sooner said that than God showed up with a storm. And so the next scene you see in the movie is him shaking his fist at God. Have you ever been so mad at God or so frustrated or so disappointed that you just pick something up and threw it across the room. I got one honest person in the room here today. <laughs> Have you ever felt like just taking something and just throwing it across the room in anger? What are you throwing at? The wall, yourself, the universe, God, what are you throwing at? What are you throwing at? And why? Why did you do that? Have you ever been so upset in your heart that you felt like telling God off? Maybe... A prayer that you've been praying has gone unanswered or there's a dream that you've been dreaming about. It seems like it's going to be, it doesn't seem like it, you don't see any side of it being fulfilled. Or maybe you're hurt by something that was done or there's a death in your family or something about your business fell through. And you have these, you have these feelings of frustration and disappointment that you carry on the inside of you. Let me just say something. Anger is a natural human emotion. It's a natural feeling. It's a natural thing that we grapple with. In fact, let me give you this quote. Anger is an emotional response to situations that are either out of our control 
or beyond our ability to understand, or they're both. I can't control things, so I get frustrated and disappointed. I can't make things happen when I want them to happen, or they're not happening the way I want them to happen, and so, and I don't understand what's going on, so anger begins to build on the inside of you. And a lot of times we just chalk it up to this emotion of anger, but sometimes we don't even recognize that actually subtly, in a, in a, in a roundabout way, it's directed toward God. You may be mad about the situation, but you know that God is over all situations, and so you're kind of mad. A little bit. Come on. Anger. The Bible says to be angry and sin not. Right there, God tells us, you're going to have emotional responses of anger, but don't let it lead you down a path where you take on that spirit of anger in your heart and then commit sin and defy God and alienate yourself from him and rebel against him. Have that moment, have that anger, but deal with it because if you leave it unchecked in your spirit, let me tell you something, it'll be harmful to your health both spiritually and physically. Let me just say today, if we try to bury our anger, we bury it alive. You, you don't kill anger by burying it. You bury it alive, it's going to be a zombie in your life. It's going to eat you up. Amen. So if we're feeling angry, disappointed, frustrated, maybe even mad at God, rather than throw the stone of criticism for him not holding up his end, we need to drop it today because God's not our enemy and he's not our problem. Amen. He's our father, he's our provider, he's the lover of our soul. Come on, can I get a good amen out there? So today, I want to start this message out. I want to, let's start with this first idea. Why, why do we get mad at God? Why do we get mad at God? Well, sometimes we get mad at God when we don't get what we wanted. Does that sound familiar? Daniel was just up here talking about that. How about when God doesn't give you what you want? Remember him saying those words? Sometimes we get mad because we didn't get what we wanted. This is when we did what we feel like was all the right things, but it still didn't pan out. This is when we become impatient with God's delays, or we become upset over what we perceive are broken promises that God promised us something and it didn't happen, and so we, then we get upset with God. And you, I, could, I could give you a litany of scriptures of people in the Old Testament, New Testament are upset with God. And you can hear it in their words and in their complaints before God that they didn't get what they wanted. Habakkuk was one of them. In Habakkuk chapter 1, verse 2, he says to the Lord, Lord, how long shall I cry and you will not hear even cry out to you violence, and you will not save. Lord, how long do you got to hear my voice about this issue in my life, and you won't respond? Come on, can you hear the emotion of madness, of anger, of resentment, of disappointment? We see this in people's lives. You're not alone. All the people, what we call the heroes of faith, they all experience that very same thing. Even Moses in 
Numbers chapter 11, I love this, this is almost comical. In Moses chapter 11, verse 11, Moses said to the Lord, why have you afflicted your servant? Why have, uh, and why have I not found favor in your sight that you have laid the burden of all these people on me? God, come on, why have you given me these people? These people are problem people. I can't with these people anymore, God. Why? Do you, did I upset you? Did I offend you, God? Why have you put them in my life? And God will sometimes, you feel like God has given you a dream. God has given you something to hold on to, but it doesn't seem to be working out or panning out just yet. And we get mad because we're not getting what we want. We blame God for promises sometimes that he never made to us. Jesus didn't tell us that you're going to live in the world and you're going to get all the things that you want and when you want them. He said you live in a world of tribulation and trials and it's not going to be easy. In fact, he's promised us the reverse, that things are not always just going to flow together and fall together and happen the way you want it to happen. That was his promise. Hold on. Amen. Are we doing okay out there? We blame or we get mad at God when things don't happen the, we didn't get what we wanted. Here's another reason why we get mad at God. Because we got something we didn't want. This is when bad things happen. This is when, why did God allow this? If God is God, he could have stopped it. Why didn't he stop it? I get the feeling sometimes God allows too much through to my life. Things I didn't want. I didn't ask for this. I didn't want this. I didn't want this problem. And, some, and, and so because we experience these things in our life, we know that God is God. He's over all things. And somehow, in a roundabout way, maybe not always immediately, but sometimes we start looking to God. Why didn't you keep this from happening? Sometimes it just feels like God lets way too much through. I want him to be a better rear guard. Amen. Mary and Martha cried out to Jesus. Our brother is sick. He's on his deathbed. Come, Lord, come and heal him. Raise him up. Jesus delayed his response. Jesus didn't move right away. And Lazarus ended up dying. And what was Mary and Martha's response? Lord, why weren't you here? Why, didn't, why did you allow this to happen? Why didn't you just respond immediately, Lord? And they got what they didn't want. A dead brother. Sometimes that's why we're angry. Because I didn't want this. It's not necessarily I, that, uh, you know, I didn't get what I wanted, but I... I got what I didn't want. Here's another reason why we get 
uh, mad at God or angry with God. We feel abandoned by God. This is where it feels like God is distant, aloof, uncaring even. We know what the Bible says, right? God is there, right? We sang the songs today about God's presence and God being with us. We know what the songs say and the Bible says, but it just doesn't seem like he's there. It just doesn't seem like he's here with me. Feelings of abandonment come when God is silent, because sometimes God is silent. Sometimes when God delays, when we feel the heat of the circumstances bearing down on us, we start, we can get that feeling of abandonment. David felt this. He wrote about it in Psalms 22. Jesus felt it and quoted it when he was hanging on the cross. And he said there, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? Why are you so far from helping me and from the words of my groaning? Oh my God, I cry in the daytime, but you will not hear and in the night season, and I am not silent. I'm crying out to you, God. I don't feel your presence. I don't see you around me. I don't see you with me in my life. And when, when God seems far away, sometimes in our spirit, we get angry and mad that God isn't there. These are some of the reasons why, just some of the reasons why we might be getting mad at God or why we might struggle with this in our life. But I want to talk about what do we do with our anger? How many want to know what to do with it when you have it in your heart? And here's where I want to go. I want to go to Job 23. You have your Bibles. You may want to open there because it's going to come up on the screen, but you're going to want to maybe look at these scriptures because Job is a story of a man who came under a full-scale attack of the adversary. That's what happened to Job. Satan wanted to destroy his life. But nothing that happened to Job was beyond God's knowledge or God's permission. And in the beginning, it said that when Job came under the attack of the devil, that in all his troubles, he did not sin against God. He did not alienate himself against God. He did not take it out on God. But listen, if you read the whole book, you start to pick up Job's emotional state of mind. And you begin to hear his complaint, and you begin to see his, in fact, he even calls it, my bitterness of soul, my angry moments, I'm mad at God. Where is God in all of this? And so I love the fact that God doesn't hold anything back from his, from his word. He gives us the full picture. He said that Job did not sin against me when he was attacked, but he also shows us this great tension that though Job didn't defy God, he still struggled with God. He struggled with how he thought about God and what apparently what he felt like God was doing in his life. And so we need to go to this. We need to look at this, this man's faith and how he processed this pain, these tragic circumstances in his life, how he grappled through the turmoil of his troubles. And we can learn from Job what to do when we are mad and angry and resentful toward God. When you're mad or disappointed with God, the first thing you need to do is release your emotions to God. Just release your emotion. Just turn to your friend 
tell, tell them right there, just let it out. Go ahead. Just when, when you got anger on the inside of you and you're not happy with what God is or isn't doing, get real. Get real. Come on, get real. It's okay. I'm not being, I hope I, don't, don't take me wrong, but God's a big boy. He can handle it. Don't be religious. Oh, I never get mad at God. Some of the most, I, there are people with the spirit of religion, they claim they're not mad at God, but they're mad about stuff. I think they're mad at God. Be real about what you feel with God. Just let it out. Here's what Job said, Job 23, verses 1 through 4. It says, then Job answered and said, even today my complaint, what? It's bitter. I have bitterness in my complaint. My hand is listless because of my groaning. Oh, that I knew where I might find God, that I might come to his seat. I would present my case before him and fill my mouth with arguments. Job is saying, I need to talk to God about this. When you feel emotionally stretched out and angry with God, don't hide it, don't bury it, because you'll bury it alive, and it'll eat you alive. But release your emotions to God. Come to the Lord and lay out all of your complaints to him. Be real with God. God doesn't want you coming in being a fake. He wants you to tell him what you're really feeling. Amen. Tell me how you really feel. Come on. The best thing to do is tell God how you really feel feel because he's not shocked and listen he won't be mad at you in return if we don't run to God with our emotions we're going to resent him in our heart if you try to just bury this and hide it and not face it and not deal with it you know what you do sometimes when when you're mad at somebody that's really important in your life and you're really upset with them, you know what you do. You give them the silent treatment. Don't tell me that we don't give God the silent treatment. And we put on a pretense, oh no, I'm not mad at God, I'm just really upset about things. But we go to pray, and we can't pray, or we don't pray, or we find other things to do than pray. You might be dealing with madness, disappointment, frustration. Release your emotions to God. Job was realizing I've got all this pent-up complaint and bitterness and groaning in my soul. I've got to tell him. I've got to run to him. I've got to find him. I've got to let him know how I feel, what's going on with me. Be like Hannah. 
You remember in the Old Testament, Hannah, who wanted a child. And she prayed, and she believed, and she had a dream, and she just, she held on to this idea of having a child. And the Bible says that she kept praying and weeping in bitterness of soul to the Lord. And she prayed out of the abundance of her complaint and her grief. Eli, the man of God, didn't understand her emotional state, but God understood it. He treated her like some drunk woman out of her mind, but God saw her heart. The Lord met her there that day. And through that scoundrel, Eli, he even spoke prophetically by the hand of God. God is good, amen. Keep releasing your emotions to God. The second thing we can do according to Job, is recognize your faith is being tested. That was also something Daniel said up here. <clears throat> Probably should have just had Daniel preach today. <laughs> recognize that your faith is being tested. Look at what Job says in verses 8, 9, and 10. He said, look, I go forward, but he's not there, and backward, but I can't see him. When he works on the left hand, I cannot behold him. And when he turns to the right, I cannot see him. But he knows the way that I take. And when he has tested me, I shall come forth as gold. Now turn to your friend and tell him, this is only a test. Go ahead and tell him. You're being tested. When you're in a place like this, the Lord is allowing your faith to be tested, not destroyed. He's not trying to terrorize you. He's testing your faith, your confidence, your dependence upon him. This is what's going on. So be real about your emotions, release them to the Lord, but also recognize where you're at right now. This is a test of your faith, of your confidence, of your trust in the Lord. That he's your God. That he loves you, that he has a plan for you, that he's working all things together for your good. good. But you have to know that this is a stretching of your faith, this is a stretching of your trust. Just know that. Settle down into that. Things are not happening. Why did this happen? I didn't, I, you're giving me stuff I didn't want. Or you didn't give me what I wanted. This is a test. It's only a test. That's all it is, is a test. And let me just say something. You need it. And I need it. And all God's people need it. I know we don't like it. I know we don't want to hear sermons about it. We don't even want to hear transitions about it. But we need to know that we're in a test. Amen. Job concluded. Look at, those, look at that verse right there. But he knows the way that I take. And when he has tested me, 
I shall come forth as gold. Here's what Job says. Job says, God's test in my life is, here's, here's what I need to understand about the, pro, or when I'm in the test, that God is personally aware of me. He knows the way that I'm going. God is personally aware of me, my life, my problems, my situation. Because sometimes we're mad at God because we feel like God is working in other people's lives, but he doesn't know anything about my life. Wrong. He is personally aware of where you're at right now in your life. Amen. Got to stop pointing so much. He says, he knows the way that I, so God is personally aware. Also, God has a purpose. He says, and when he has tested me, I am being tested. Why do we be, why are we tested? For a purpose. There's something God is doing. There's something down the road that God is preparing you for. And he also said that I shall come forth. There's a process. The testing comes with process. You and I are in process right now. I know you want to be done. You're not done. You're half-baked. There's a whole lot more going on in your life. And you say, I don't want any more. I've got enough. No, no, you don't. God has you in process. Amen. But there's also a prize. He said, I'm going to come forth as gold. You're the prize made in the image of Jesus, coming to the full stature of Christ. Amen. And he wants to work this in you. Listen, when you feel mad at God, tell him all about it. And don't forget, this is just a test. The third thing is that when we're mad at God, we need to resolve to obey God no matter what's going on. Resolve to obey God. Make a, a resolution that I am not going to jump ship. I am not going to turn back just because I don't like the way things are going or because things didn't happen the way that I thought that they should. I'm going to stick with God. I have no other recourse. Job said this. Look at verses 11 and 12. He says, my foot has not, my, my, sorry, my foot has held fast to his steps. I have kept his way and not turned aside. I have not departed from the commandment of his lips. I have treasured the words of his mouth more than my necessary food. Do you hear what Job is saying? I'm being tested. I don't like where I'm at. I'm in these troubles and this turmoil, and I'm bitter about it, and I'm upset over it, and I wonder what God is up to, but here's, here's one thing you need to know about me. I'm not quitting God. I'm not quitting his word. I'm not walking away from his promises. I'm not going to, just because things didn't pan out the way that I want them to pan out, I'm not just going to stop. Let's, let me put it down here. I'm not just going to stop fellowshipping with the saints, sticking into God's word and gleaning all that I can, bending my knee and spending time in prayer in his presence. I'm not going to stop. I think sometimes in... When people disappear, it's not just because sometimes they're, 
you know, you, you know how you can get out of the habit of going to church or meeting with God or whatever. I don't think it's just laziness. Sometimes I think people are responding out of their own emotional pain. They're mad. Well, I tried doing, I tried going to church. I tried giving. I've tried serving. I've tried, you know, praying. I've tried reading my Bible, and I still have all this problem. And it still didn't work, and it still didn't pan out. I think sometimes the disappearance of people or the quitting of people is more about being angry at God. It's just a thought. Jesus said in John 15.10, If you keep my commandments, you will abide in my love just as I've kept my Father's commandments and abide in his love. Even when you're mad at God, keep obeying and your love for him and in him will remain strong. Amen. Just because Julie gets mad at me once in a while doesn't mean she stopped loving me. She abides in my love. It's... The whole thing is usually the other way around. But it's that, you know, we have this emotional struggle sometimes. But you stick with him. You obey him. And your love will continue to grow strong in him. Don't walk out. Don't quit. Don't stop. Amen. Keep going. Keep on trucking. Amen. For all those out of the 70s. One final thought about what to do when you're mad at God is remind yourself that God has a good purpose for your life. Release your emotions to God, right? Recognize that you're in the middle of a test and then resolve to obey God in the middle of all of that and then finally just hold on to this. Remind yourself, Talk to yourself. Anybody in the room talk to themselves? Come on. All God's children. Amen. Talk to yourself and remind yourself that God has a good purpose for your life. I love these words in, of Job 23, verses 13 and 14. This is that same passage. Job says, but God is unique, and who can make him change? And whatever his soul desires, that's, that's what he does. For he performs what is appointed for me. Look at that. He performs what is appointed for me, and many such things are with him. In other words, these are the thoughts that he's constantly thinking. God is working something out good for my life. It may not look good now. It certainly doesn't feel good. And I'm not even saying everything that happened to me was good. But God is good. And God has a plan and a good purpose for your life. And you got to remind yourself of that in the throes of the pain and the emotional discomfort and the frustration and the disappointment that God is still good, even if this isn't good. He's got a plan, and he's got a purpose, and he's doing it. Job's troubles were not the end of his story. God is the end of his story. 
In Job 42, it tells us that God restored to Job twice as much as he had before, that his latter days were more than his beginning days. Come on, anybody here looking for the latter days? The outcome. It was good then, and you didn't think you needed a test, and you didn't think you needed to go through what you went through, but you went through it. And maybe in the process you were upset and angry and mad, but it was all a part of the process that God was doing something in your life to bring you to the latter days. Because you can't live in the beginning days. It's a good place to start, but you'll never finish there. You finish in the latter days. And Job's latter days were better, twice as much as his former days. Amen, come on. This is good. This is good news, I should say. When we get mad at God, listen, you got to know this. Get this in your spirit. He's not mad back at you. He's not mad at you. He's a great big God, and he can handle it. He's got broad shoulders. He can take it. Amen. And he's right there with you. He's right there. He's right there with you right now in your life. He knows the way that you take. And he's with you. Jesus, or uh, Hebrews chapter 13 says that God has said, I will never leave you. I will never forsake you. They say never say never. But God says never. He says, I never leave you. I never forsake you. Amen? And he's patiently and persistently working for your good. How many of you know that uh, for God to work in your life, he needs a lot of patience? (laughs) Julie, could you come? Yeah, he needs a lot of patience. Remember that little uh, Sunday school kid song we used to sing, God's still working on me? making me what I ought to be. Took him just a week to make the moon and the stars, the sun and Jupiter and Mars. How lovely and patient he must be. He's still working on me. He's still working on you. Amen. But he's persistent too. Because you can get mad at God and you can uh, get frustrated with God and you can stay mad at God. But he'll just wait. Until you're ready, come to your senses. Amen. Do you have a grudge in your spirit? Is there something? I I know, I know you don't live this way. But I know enough about humanity, because I am one, that we do grapple with these kinds of things in our lives. And sometimes we want to stuff it and act like it's not there. And we do that to our own wounded soul. And we just hurt ourselves. And we prolong the agony. Jesus isn't your problem. He's your solution. Sometimes we're critical about what God is doing. And why did he allow that? And why didn't he show up? And we got a rock in our hand. And I I know that image is just foreign to us to think that we would throw a rock at God. But when we criticize God and we complain against God, it might as well be a rock. 
I love Jesus' response. For what good thing have I done in your life that you're going to throw a stone? God is good. He's been good to you, and he's been good to me. And I know things don't always work the way that we thought. But God is not mad at you. He's with you. And he's working it all out. You got latter days coming. You got some good days ahead. Amen. Can we stand together? Can I have the prayer people come and prepare to pray for you today? If there's anything in your life that you'd like prayer for, healing touch or, you know, just any kind of request that maybe you carried in here, if you need prayer, please come forward and let us pray with you. But especially today, if you're, if you're carrying in your heart any kind of like emotional disturbance, Jesus came to heal us, spirit, soul, and body, right? So he wants to heal you in your soul, and he can do that today. And you can lay it down. You can lay down. You can drop the stone today and let Jesus soften your heart, soften your spirit. Let me pray. Father, thank you for your presence here today. God, we just love you so much, and we just thank you for your goodness. Thank you, Lord, that you understand our pain. You understand our dilemma. Thank you, Lord, that you care so much for us. And I just pray for everyone in this room today, Lord. First of all, I just want to pray for anyone who might be angry at you or mad Lord, that they will not feel ostracized or that they will not feel alienated from you, God. Even in this moment, I just pray, God, that you would draw them to yourself. That you would work a miracle in their heart. That you would heal their emotions, we pray. And I pray for anyone, Lord, who's not walking with you right now who doesn't know you as their Lord and Savior, God, that right now that they would cry out to you, just say something like this to the Lord, Jesus, save my soul. Jesus, save me. Come into my heart and be my Lord. And Lord, I just pray today that you, your presence would go with us as we leave this place and that you would give us victory and bring us back together this next, next weekend, Lord, as we celebrate on Good Friday and again on Easter Sunday morning, God, your great power and your great grace in our lives. We love you, Lord. We love you and we honor you in Jesus' name. And everybody says amen. Amen. All right, guys. God bless you. Have a great day.